Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. I am Onyx Stone. Thank you so much for joining me. Believers, I am so excited. I have a special gift for you. This past weekend, Dr. Sanjay Gupta had the posse from Sesame Street, Big Bird and crew on um, CNN early Saturday morning with the ABCs of COVID-19. I thought it was so cute. I just love stuff like that because I'm a big kid. But I missed the first 15 minutes. But with the last hour and 15 minutes that I was able to catch, I thought I'm going to do an ABCs of healing and wholeness for the Believe with Onyx Stone crew. Absolutely right. We are going to do that over the next few weeks. Um, That will be one of my gifts to you. Um, Another gift that I have for you, I did. I ordered some um, communion cups with wafers and they have come in. I am going to send those out to people. It looks like we're going to be in our homes first Sunday in May. Again, many places. For those of you who um, really struggled with the idea of doing communion yourself last month, um, you know, this idea of the priesthood of all believers, and now the responsibility is on you or you and those in your household to um, bless the sacraments if you can find any. Are your crackers good enough? Is the bread leavened? Is it unleavened? You know, can I use wine? Can I use grape juice? You know, and for some people, especially those who may have lost their jobs, lost their income, still waiting for um, state resources to come to their aid. Even thinking about purchasing um, the elements may have been a huge um, moment of anxiety. And so um, as an ordained pastor, I just wanted to bless those who want to partake of the Lord's Supper. Now, today is Wednesday. I'm going to release this episode Wednesday evening. It is late. I'm recording it. So you may hear it anytime after Wednesday. Um, I will send out everything um, within the next week or so because I want you to have it. I just want to say to you that I know typically most churches take communion first Sunday. If you do not take communion on first Sunday, it's okay. The Bible says as often as there are other um, traditions within the Christian faith, those who are of the Christian church, also known as the disciples of Christ, they take communion every Sunday. Um, Our Episcopalian sisters and brothers, the Anglican church of um, this side of the world, they take communion every Sunday. So if it's not to you by first Sunday, don't worry. You will have the elements that you need for those in your household. So what I'm going to do is give you my email address. It's just like the podcast, believewithonyxstone at gmail.com. Send me an email, how many communion um, wafers you need. Please don't get greedy. (laughs) We want to share and make sure that everyone has. So if it's just you and another person in your house, that's two. That's how many I'll send. And that you can um, take the elements and partake of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's one of my gifts to you. Um, Another gift that I'm looking to do and be a blessing to people. That announcement will be um, probably on the next podcast this week. Um, I'm hoping to release that on this coming Friday, but let's get right into it. Again, you're going to send me an email just telling me, giving me your um, address 
and how many people are in the home. That's how many cups I will send out to you. And it's the wafers that have the juice and the wafer all in one. So you can partake of the Lord's Supper. And you're going to hit me with an email that's Believe with Onyx Stone, just like the podcast at gmail.com. All righty. I'm so excited. So A, B, C's of healing and wholeness. Um, originally I struggled with A. I had two for A. I'm not sure both of them. I may give you something on both of them, but one was authenticity and the other one was agency. And I think actually we can play on both of those. So, you know, being authentic, you won't get healed if you're not your true best, if you're not your true self, that you have to let light in to all of the places where you know the damage has occurred and the damaged parts are not really you. So as long as you hold on to the damage, you won't get healed. And to be authentic says, I want that healing. I want the other side of this mess that I have been forced to live in and and be exposed to and so having authenticity just means you are okay with the skin you're in and you are no longer shunning the damage the pain the hurt the trauma you're no longer nursing and babying it you're like here I am this is me love me or leave me alone period the end Absolutely. And and when the more authentic you are with yourself, um, I can't really explain it. But for some people, the first time they learn how to be authentic, I can tell you it's going to feel like an orgasm. <laughs> and I'm laughing because most people watch this have not had orgasm. So they're not going to know what it feels like. Um. Yeah, I did just say that. I, I just I just said that. Let me help somebody. I did just say that. And the reason why I'm saying it's not raw, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing sexual about it. It's just the reality that most people aren't going to even know what an orgasm is. So when they walk into their authenticity, their authentic self, they might miss it. It might take them a few laps to get it that like, no, nah, this is who I am and I'm good with it and I'm loving it. And the more I fall in love with this, guess what? I'm not giving it up. Really, that's what agency is as well. Agency is you being able to articulate for yourself what's in your best interest. Having the voice to advocate. Oh, there go three A's. Authenticity agency and advocacy Ooh, we have to learn how to become better advocates for what we need um just a nice way of being an advocate is really being able to speak up for yourself that what you have to say matters um one of the things that i am very aware of or i've you know learned more and more about myself and people is that um, when we don't have voice, we can't speak up. Um, and, and until you find your authentic voice, no one will ever be able to advocate for you like you will advocate for you. It won't happen. Um, I can't think of the name of the movie, but it's the, the girl groups and they're singing 
and the Bellas is the name of the group. I cannot, they have had three movies, but um, until you and I have voice, we'll sound like the, the one young lady. Her character is um, of Asian descent and she's always whispering. Everybody's like, what, what? And then when she sings, it's like, oh, I, I didn't know you had it in you. That's what being an advocate is for. Uh, that's what it looks like to be an advocate for ourselves. When we do speak up and we do speak out, there's so much beauty in just being your best self for you. That no one else can do it for you because um, if you and I are not careful, people want to see us unhealed they do people want to see us remain broken absolutely um people want you and i to not be free absolutely and i'm not talking about necessarily a system and a group of people no i'm talking about some of the people that you and i um may be sitting right next to right now in our homes i'm talking about some people that you may know at your job some people you may know in your church and social organization, in your family, right? That everyone does not have um, your best interests at heart. And a lot of times, um, you know, we are damaged and damage has occurred on a deeper level at the core level and we have blocked it. Um, one of the things about trauma is that um, it blocks things for us. And, and so as we are becoming healed and whole, we're waking up those spaces. And as those spaces are becoming um, more and more alert, we begin to feel things differently. And so we're reminded of, of incidents and we're reminded of people. And, and then we have to deal with it. And it may be something that we never had to confront before. But you know what? Sooner or later, we have courage and we're becoming more authentic with who we are. We're exercising our personal agency and we are becoming the best advocates for ourselves. And one of the ways we do that is when we have boundaries. I, I just love the word boundaries. I have to tell you, I have said for at least 25 years, my personal definition of boundaries is this. Boundaries is for you. They are not for other people. I don't know another way to really describe boundaries, but that boundaries always go for your best self-interest. And if you are not clear about what your boundaries are, People have you advocating and working against your best interests. Absolutely, because you don't have no boundaries. And so boundaries are, think of it as an invisible line that protects you. And no one can see this line but you. And anytime, first of all, you have to get clear about what your boundaries are, you know, where you need them, why you need them, how you're going to enforce them. And a lot of people are going to struggle with this because why? Well, I don't want to hurt nobody, but they hurt you. Well, I don't want nobody to not like me. They already don't like you. Well, if I say no, they're going to do this. They was already going to do that anyway, right? So once we get to the place where we can iron out for ourselves what these things mean, our boundaries not only get clearer, but guess what? They become a lot stronger. And so then words like no are not difficult to say because in your mind, you've already run it through the grid. 
of what your boundaries are, what your self-care practices are, what your healing costs you, what your dance, you, you know, you've already done all of that. So by the time people try it, you already have a response. And every response does not have to come out in anger. You will probably get to the place one day where you'll be able to tell people stuff with a smile on your face and so much joy in your heart and you wish them well from where you are afar and go on about your business and walk in all the victory. Absolutely, you'll be able to do that. Um, That's what healing looks like on a good day. <laughs> Amen. That's what healing looks like on a good day. But, um, you know, being able to have boundaries and exercise them. And, and a lot of times, you know who we need to have the strongest boundaries with? Our families. Uh-huh. Our families. Um, that they need to be constantly reminded, here they come trying it and not today. And we need boundaries because so many times, um, I think especially as children begin to get older and parents are aging, um, you know, um, that everyone in families has roles. One day we'll talk about that. Um, But that everyone in a family has a role and family dynamics are so interesting that um, the more I do genograms, my own family genograms, so there are like three families that I study on paper. Um, and so one of them is my own family and then two or two other families. And the more I'm able to study these families and, and what I know about them and, you know, stories that I have heard and then in turn recreate a new narrative. Um, and begin to piece other things together, I'm better able under to understand people, you know, how they are. And so a lot of times people are the way they are, not because that's even who they want to be, but because of things that have happened to them. And the things that have happened to them, some good, some not so good. You know what? Things start happening and they happen at a rapid rate, ha- happen at a rapid rate, happen, happen with people that we love, trust, whatever. You know what? Our boundaries sometimes can get a little clear, right? You know, is mama right or wrong when she does X, Y, and Z? And when mama does this, this is what it does to me, but I never said anything. Right. Um, that might be an area where you work on boundaries and sort of practicing um, how to then respond to mama who may be passive aggressive. And so then when you go to work or, you know, in your own relationship now where you are a parent or you are a spouse, what do you then become? Possibly passive aggressive, even though, you know, you don't like passive aggressive behavior. Um, but because that has because that is what has been modeled for you and I, we interpret internalize that and then here we go don't have no boundaries and can't nobody put boundaries on us and so you know one of the ways that we can definitely definitely begin some healing work is around having boundaries having healthy boundaries um being able to articulate our boundaries um with at first with ourselves, right a lot of this work the inner work that people need to do is always a self-conversation um and before you and i begin to invite other people in we have to be very clear clarity you know see it's gonna be clarity um we have to invite other people in once we have the clarity 
So then our advocacy doesn't go out of the window. Our agency remains intact and we are authentic. Hello to who we are. Actually for C, I'm going to do confidence. Let me tell you. This past weekend, I was watching The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan um, documentary that's airing on ESPN with the Bulls and their reign. Um, I was alive in the 90s. (laughs) I was I was I was around and um, I wasn't a big Bulls fan and I really didn't watch Jordan and his team in what appears to be their heyday. But, oh my God, they were amazing, amazing, amazing basketball players. And, excuse me, this past episode, episode three, they brought in Dennis Rodman. And I, like most people, I will confess that in the 90s, when I saw Dennis Rodman, I was like, oh my God, what is going on with him? Like, you know, he doesn't look like anyone else. Um, I, as I have gotten older, have come to appreciate people who don't look like everyone else, people who don't do what everyone else is doing, people who are not going in the direction of everyone else. Um, I have really learned to embrace originality. And so he's talking in this episode. And I have to tell you, the brother is still doing his own thing at 48, 49 He is still doing his own thing and I love it. I love it for him. Dennis Rodman had on a hat, some sunglasses and a powder blue nail polish. And real talk, I wanted to know what color was on his nails because while he's talking, I'm listening to him. But I kept thinking, oh, my God, I really love that nail color. Um, Oh, my God, his nail color. And, And Dennis Rodman has an air of confidence that most people would only hope to have. Um, We can say whatever we want about him. He's different. He's strange. He's weird. You can say whatever you want about him. But one thing I got from him was the confidence he has in who he is. Whoever we think that is, for him, he has a really good handle on it. And he's not caring, don't care what nobody has to say. Confidence. He said something in his his interview that I thought was so powerful. And I've just been thinking about it all week. He said, everybody talking about Dennis Rodman, but nobody has talked to Dennis Rodman. And his statement blew me away. Right. Because we are I know I have been guilty of it. Right. That I could do that. Anybody can. Um, And maybe what we're saying for some people, the confidence they have, it can strip them. Um, I personally believe that Dennis Rodman, the reports or the the documentaries and the things that I've heard and seen about him over the years, Um, I believe that he is a very fractured individual. I'm not sure where his deep source of pain and hurt comes from. 
any trauma that he's experienced. He alluded to it in the, the documentary that basically his mom had kicked him out of the house. And so he was homeless. He was living with people who were selling drugs or doing other things, those things that were attracting him. He just kept going to the gym, playing basketball, and somebody offered him a scholarship. Um, and that was his way out that saved his life. Um, but at that point, he's what, 18, 19? So I can't imagine the source of pain that this man may have experienced in his life at some point. And so, um, but whatever he's experienced on the other side of that, he has remained true to himself, whether we like it or not. <laughs> he told Phil uh, Jackson, basically what? Right, right, Dennis. Yes, Dennis, thank you for being that example of of great confidence um, to be comfortable in your skin, even when it hurts, even when it's uncomfortable and painful, that you and I can exude confidence in who we are. And that's not easy. Right. So a lot of things that are um, on the pathway towards healing and wholeness and the things that cultivate this richness in our life. Um, it takes time. It takes time that I wish I could say the very thing that broke you um, at the same speed it broke you, it will not take as long to heal you. I wish I could say that, but healing is ongoing work. And one thing about the work, once you start working, you have to be committed to it. And as you're working towards the progress, right, along the way, you're going to have some breakdowns. You're going to have what appears to be setbacks. But what's in your bag? What's in your bag? Remember I talked about it a few episodes ago, your coping skills back. What do you pull out when you are on that path and it feels like the work you've done is not working, it's not coming together. What do you pull out? Do you pull out your authenticity? Do you pull out agency for yourself? Do you advocate for yourself to yourself? Do you then have the boundary? What, do you, what's, what is in that bag that's going to support who you want to be? And so, um, you know, we got a lot of stuff to pull out our bag. It's just like we're pulling out the elements for healing and wholeness. We have to pull out the things that very well broke us and damaged us and harm us. Yep, we have to pull them out. And sometimes as we're pulling everything out, we have to separate it. One of the things that I like, she changed my life, tidying up on um, Netflix with Marie Kondo. And she shows you how to have all these clothes and do all of these things. But what does she say? Put Take everything you got and dump it on the bed. Take everything, all your clothes, everything you own and dump it in one place. And, and that's what we have to do with our mess. That's what we have to do with our lives, our emotions, our feelings. Gotta take it out and dump it in one place and work through it. And I will tell you about Marie Kondo. Um, I love how she says, you know, that our clothes should touch, right? This, this story. And so the things that are out of place, 
which will be our brokenness, our traumas, our um, our um, the things that have harmed us and damaged us. You know, those things that are out of place, they still have a part in our story. And so if we're putting everything together and we have a better vision, guess what? It helps you assemble more of who you want to be. I want healing for you. I want wholeness for you. And, and I hope you want what's best for yourself. I can't tell you what to do, but these are the things that I want for you. And I believe that um, God wants us all healed and whole. Absolutely. Um, it has been such a pleasure being with you today. I'm Onyx Stone. Thank you for joining me again. Please, if you are in need of communion elements, please hit me up with the email, believewithonyxstone at gmail.com. I will get those to you. If it is not to you and your household by the first Sunday in May, have no fear. You can take it when it arrives. The Bible says for as often as. I look forward to talking with you again. Have a blessed day. I'm Onyx Stone.